Now, though, let's talk about triathlons. Uh, Ashley's got it easy. She just gets on a bicycle and goes for a ride. Our guest, Magda Nivot, has to do two other things. She first has to swim, then she gets on a bike, and then after doing that, she has to go for a little run as well. And she joins us now. Magda, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, thanks, John. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. And congratulations. Third at Ironman South Africa. What was your total time there? 8.37.44. Well done. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's good to um, podium at home soil. What was it like? Take, tell us, talk us through the experience that you had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was um, the weather conditions wasn't in our favour actually in Port Elizabeth. Um, it was windy, so our swim got shortened. So it wasn't uh. a full swim like we used to, but it was uh, then, um, and it was also raining, so we had to work <laughs> super hard on the bike. And then, uh, and so yeah, so they, it just threw everything at us. Um, but then, um, and then on the run, it was great. And then the sun came out, like we know South Africa can be. And with like the spectators of the South African home school around me, it was just awesome as they like just dragged me across the line. Mm. Yeah, you, you don't tell stories about the easy races though, Makta. So this must be one of the ones in the books. Uh, I wouldn't say it was easy, easy. You know, the fight was all the way to the end. Um, no, that's what, that's I, what I mean. It's, it's, the, the, yeah. the story is always about the difficult ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you don't tell. I talk about the the easy ones and where the weather conditions were perfect and all that. <laughs> I, I've got pictures of you guys in full wetsuits. The spectators have got jackets on. What's it like when you're running into the water and it's that horrible? I, I must admit, like standing on the beach and looking at the ocean, and you thinking, "Am I really now going to like run in there and swim?" <laughs> and um, <laughs> the, the the men they always start in, before us about five mm. minutes, and then you see them struggling just to get through the waves, and then you think, "Oh my gosh!" Like I really just need to now today focus and mm. and and do it. But it's exhilarating to stand there and wait and. Um, obviously, we prepare for those races. You know, so you don't stand there and not knowing what you're doing. So you mm. you know that you're prepared, and um, I think the excitement to get to race and all that is more than um, than the stress. I think I always say like before the start, when I'm standing there, I'm totally in control. It's always right. like uh, before the time where you need to remember everything and all that, where you kind of like struggle a bit. <laughs> A good international field for the elite women. You were beaten by two Germans. You were the first South African ahead of Natia van Heerden and Jade Nicole Roberts. A definite tight field when you look at it. It's only, what, 20 minutes separating the top 10. It's very impressive. Top nine. Yeah, right? so it was, a, yeah, it was a very tight race. And me and Natia, who's also from South Africa, we actually ran side by side for the last 10 kilometers. Um, and... Um, and it only got down to the last two Ks where I could like manage to um, edge ahead of her and um, only beaten her by 20 seconds. And if you, mm. like you said, like our race is like eight hours long, her 20 seconds is sure. not a lot when you think about that. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the two German girls, like, uh, they were also uh, very good competitors, like um, Daniela, who won. She is a pro for a while now so with all of her experience i think mm. it counts in her favor on a race like that i was just looking at the difference really was the bike there was she was 14 minutes faster than you on the bike that and you you're only a minute slower than her on the run so that was where the difference was yes yes i would say like the difference was there like you always get like um 
like different bike and different bike specs. And um, mm. I heard you talking to Ashley after this. Obviously, she knows everything about like all the different bikes you get. And uh, on conditions like that, it makes a difference if you've got like some of the best equipment. Okay, that's it's the wind. So I guess yeah, it's how you set up the bike yeah, if like you've got aero, the right wheels. Yeah, aerodynamics or aerodynamics, what wheels you've got. Not just that. Like obviously, mm. she's talented as well to the bike um, hard. Um, but it's always uh, to manage the race, to be able to, to bike well enough so that you can run strongly off the bike. I think she just managed to, like, really, after this was a little bit, uh, you know, the time she put all of us on the bike was slightly just enough to keep us mm. off from her. Having <laughs> uh, a look, there's a wonderful, the Professional Triathletes Organization website, there's a wonderful graph of your ranking since 2017 and it's it's a upward trajectory from 457 uh, all the way you're currently ranked 101 in the world it's it's a nice graph to look at i'm sure yeah definitely so i'm totally at the beginning of my career and only being pro now four years which is 2020 counted so i would say three years mm. and like you say like every year each year we're improving and improving so this was also my first um uh, pro international podium uh, whereas like in nationally around South Africa I've heard in a few times so I'm, I'm very excited for the year ahead like I'm heading to Germany in about three weeks and I'm going to do a few races there and then again going to the US so in my mind uh, like this is a year for things to happen for me and um, hopefully that draft keeps on like spiking and going up and up Let's talk about that career, especially, as you say, the professional career. You started with 70.3, which is the shorter version, right? Is, uh, is that something you're going to go back to or maybe an Olympic distance and, and mix that up with a full Ironman? Uh, so the 7.3 distances is obviously exactly half the distance, like you said, of the full Ironman. Mm. Um, I would raise the 7.3 races for... Um, for training purposes, but I wouldn't necessarily like really go into making that my priority. Um, it's a totally different style of racing um, as the pool, where the pool, I just love the endurance of it, and I like to really, um, to where your mind like plays a big role in keeping you in, in the game and where you need to focus on everything during training as well. So I just like everything about doing a full mm. Ironman, but I would like rather stick to it and... Um, and see how many races you can do. But you can't do a lot of full Ironmans in one year. I think it's really a lot out of your body. So that's where the sequence comes in handy to like just keep the speed up. Um, and um, But the different styles of racing we get in, in, in triathlon is, is amazing. So you can mix it up with a bit of like Olympic distance race or so um, just to keep it interesting. And Olympic Games, not something you want to do. You rather want to focus on the full big Ironman events and the world champs there. Yeah, no, so you wouldn't really like do Olympic Games. And also, Olympic Games goes a lot on rankings. And so you need to right. start a lot earlier to get that ranking stuff for US uh, traffic in South Africa. I guess it's very different as well. Instead of doing a three hour run, you're going to do a three hour race completely. So it's a completely <laughs> exactly. different and, race of training. Yeah, and Olympics is also draft legal. So you're allowed oh, to right. work together on the bike. So it's a lot of tactics and obviously massively faster speeds. Uh, where we're not allowed to drop at all. So you kind of like the whole 180 kilometers you time trial on your own. <laughs> I've done a 200-kilometer bicycle ride, but I did it with eight friends or nine friends, and yeah, it's just nonstop yeah. chatter. What do you do for five hours on a bike by yourself? <laughs> you know, John, like, normally when I say to people, like, this is what we do, we swim for 3.8 k's, and then we jump on the bikes, 
and buy for 180 Ks and then run 42. I also think that's that's crazy. How do you do that? <laughs> and also, like, what do you think of? You're like, you ask around, you know, for a pool uh, for five hours. But mm. it goes by so quickly. And I know people go like, yeah, whatever. But it goes by so quickly. But during a race, you need to focus a lot on, you know, are you in your 12 meters and not drafting? Because you get a penalty if you're, like, in the drafting zone. And you also need to focus on taking nutrition in and also know... Um, you know, who is in front of you? Like, can you let them go? Would you be able to run them in? So right. you think so much during um, that bike leg that you're actually so fatigued uh, mentally. So that's why nutrition plays such a big role. So, yeah, but like I say, it really goes by actually very quickly. I guess you're keeping an eye on heart rates all the time, how your body is feeling, uh, because you know you've still got a marathon to do. Exactly. So, um Sometimes you would, like for me this year, um, I managed my bike in a way, like I got off the bike feeling very fresh. So um, you would really cycle on power and you'll keep an eye on power, but also have heart rate in mind as well. So you would see I would then average on a very low heart rate um, so you know that you can hit it on the run. Um, and as, uh, the lower your heart rate can be on a bigger power, because the faster you can go without putting mm. a lot of effort. So that's the key of getting that drive during training and then obviously executing that in the race. I want to talk about your running. You've obviously been putting a lot of effort into that. 2019 Malaysia, you did a 3.43. Last year's Ironman South Africa, 4.24. Suddenly this year, 3.12. What are you doing differently in the run? Yeah, I think um, uh, so. Last year, the four four hour one, um, actually, I did not use my nutrition correctly on the bike, so right. I ended up uh, lying on the curb, um, walking, running, um, right. being in medical pain, walking, running. So that's why that was so massively slow. Um, but I did focus a lot of on on running and just doing a little bit more running, a little bit do uh, more running speed. I also changed changed the coaches recently from November onwards. And she definitely played a massive role in how I run and how I see running and just the mental part of, like, how do you attack the running after the bike? Like, mm. um, mentally, it can be very tough and to just, like, focus and have that confidence going into the run. So I've worked a lot. Um, Malaysia was my first uh, full and actually first ever uh, marathon while <laughs> doing a, a full Ironman. And um, you just slow down there because of the heat. Um, but I would say definitely yeah. the, my run has improved like uh, massively. I think like if you if you look at that uh, PTO graph, you can also see it's like really also coming coming up, mm. and it's still a lot more to improve. But um, at least there's something to work on more <laughs> towards the end of the year. <laughs> uh, when when you race an Ironman, is it all based on uh, you? You're talking about power on your bike. Is it based on time? It's like well, I did an 8:37. I'm happy with that, or is it? Does it become a competition? You can see your competitor ahead of you and you have to put in more effort. I, I almost want to compare it to a comrades marathon. Sometimes it's just nothing you can do. You just can't catch that person because you just yeah. know you've got 90Ks to do. Yeah, I think like it's a, a little bit of a mixture of you control obviously all the metrics you can um, um, and say, okay, you know, this is your heart rate and this is what you can do. But for racing and Ironman, you need to know where your competitors are and then obviously try catching them. Otherwise, mm. you just know it's going to be kind of like a training day. If you if you say, like what you say, you, you just feel like you can't catch them. Mm. Um, but you need to, that's why you do this. Eh? Like uh, if you're an age group and you're just doing it for fun, then you can go and say, 
uh, it's just not my day, it doesn't feel good, but as a, as a pro, that's, yeah, that's what you train for, you train to race. So you kind of like need to find something within yourself to try to race, otherwise um, you're not going to make it. <laughs> Okay, so when when you were as you as you were saying you were racing against Natia, she was trying her best to come and catch up to you. She just couldn't, and you were trying your best to catch Elena, which was what three minutes down the road. Yes, yeah, like uh, um, you uh, you stay within yourself for a while, and then like the last uh, fifteen or twenty k when you're in the race, you kind of like really make it the race. And the same with Natia, we two of us we were running side by side, and then she actually went ahead for a while and then I was like no I'm going to give it one more fight and then I catched her and, and I could run uh, away from her and, and then obviously uh, three minutes it sounds a lot but you know it's less than a K um, so it's, you just always try to run them in you just always on the hunt um, and uh, try to see whatever you can do like you're never satisfied with this is now what I can do for the day. Uh, you make a point in your in your little bio saying that you you're still uh, a head coach, you're a founder of Trivium Triathlon, so you're juggling this professional life, as you say, where you're going to be traveling the world with running a job. How do you manage all of that and fit the time in to train for three events? Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm actually currently on a training camp with my squad, Trivium Triathlon. Um, they are preparing for Durban uh, 10.3 Ironman. Um, so we are um, here this weekend and have a full weekend of training. Um, and it's it's so difficult to, to juggle, um, you know, full work, um, running a club, managing everything, and also full-time, trying to be a full-time professional athlete. In South Africa, it's difficult. Um, we can't really just be professional athletes because of the, uh, mm. we don't really get a lot of financial support or can really just rely on it. So you need to do something on the side to be able to for you to travel. Um, and... Yeah, so that's what uh, it's difficult. Like for instance, this weekend uh, we start, we get up early. I coach, and then when they are racing, I'm doing my sessions, and then when they're back, mm. I'm coaching again. So it's you know you're just trying to be a full-on day. So sometimes it's uh, you get to overseas and uh, you see how the pros can just like do a session and then really lie down and recover. You know that's the dream for us uh, currently. Uh, my job is also triathlon, which is great because I love it so much. I can really share the passion to my athletes and um, teach them what you know all the mistakes I make and tell them how to not do it. And uh, <laughs> the club is remotely, so I can go to Germany and still run the club. Um, you get like everything is online, and some I've got uh, assistant coaches as well, which then the hands-on coaching they continue doing. So yeah. it's better structured by now for me to be able to travel. Magda, it's been great talking to you. Congratulations on everything you've done so far, and we hope to see that graph continuing upwards. Oh, thank you so much, and thanks for your time. It's amazing speaking to you guys. Magda Nivert, professional triathlete from South Africa, as you heard, third at Ironman South Africa, and hopefully that graph continues to go up and uh, representing South Africa around the world. Good luck to her.